Dallas Cowboys linebacker Jabril Cox had a massive performance in part one of the Cowboys minicamp. How excited should we be? All that more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash NFL. And when you enter promo code Lockdown NFL, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, the Dallas Cowboys kicked off mandatory minicamp on Tuesday. One of the stars of practice was Jabril Cox, who had back to back end zone pass deflections to kind of and practice, should we be excited and optimistic about Jabril Cox? I mean, I think there's a reason to be. I mean, uh, you know, this is a guy that we were obviously very excited about when he we got drafted. And then, you know, it, obviously he was dealing with an injury, and that's why he fell in the draft pretty seriously, much like his running mate, Clark, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and much like his LSU running mate, uh, you know, kind of got some opportunities. But the difference was is that, Clark clearly just hit the ground running when he when he came back from his injury and 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 I think you know if we look at if we look at it from a ten thousand foot view like the uh, comparing the two injuries you would have figured that Clark would have taken longer because of how severe his injury was mm-hmm. but the truth of the matter is is but the you know when it came to how they were affecting the actual play on the field the ACL injury that, that, that Cox has had to deal with was just one that, you know, clearly affected a guy that, that was a speed merchant at the second level. Uh, and that was, you know, what his calling card was. So I think it just took him a little bit longer to kind of get around into shape. And now we're starting to see not only a guy who is healthier, but is also comfortable in, in, in the NFL role. I mean, I think because of the injury, it really hurt his early development to not, not just like, you know, how do I play in the defense? Like, what what am I doing at the second level of the speed of the NFL? But also just getting used to playing, uh, you know, and, and what that felt like and, 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 and the kind of day in and day out of being an NFL player. I think that's something that he kind of missed out on early because he was spending a lot of time in the training room and now he's getting caught back up. And Mike McCarthy talked about it today, you know, saying that, you know, these guys that suffer these major ligament injuries – they can usually get back on the field in nine months, but it's yeah. not until they get past that like 18 month mark before they start to really feel comfortable again. They're not thinking about the knee injury. They can just go out there and play. So we've been talking a lot about Michael Gallup. You know, what, what, yeah. what is he going to look like now that he's a full year removed from the injury? But maybe Jabril Cox is the guy that could see the most significant jump in play, you know, from year one to year two after the injury. Yeah, I mean, because Gallup, I mean, honestly, Gallup knew what it was like to be a professional wide receiver and a starter on an NFL team before he got injured. Jabril Cox has not even gotten his opportunity yet because of all dealing with this injury and the aftermath of it and just being healthy enough to perform on the field. So, uh, yeah, I mean, as far as where they are to where they could be going this season, 
Uh, I, I think Cox might have a bigger jump than than Gallup has to make as far as just distance, just because he's coming yeah. from such a low spot of having not even really gotten out of the gate. And it seems like by all reports, just Jabril Cox was awesome at minicamp. So my question for you is let's, let's say this continues and this is like what we're actually getting from Jabril Cox this season. What would a breakout season for Jabril Cox do for this Dallas Cowboys defense? Oh man. I mean, it would be huge simply because, you know, a a rising tide lifts all, uh, all boats, you know, I, I think, if you're look, this defense is already stacked. I mean, I think if you just look at the starters at the starting 11, it's as good as any team in the NFL. And then you've got depth that may be better than most, than most every single mm-hmm. team in the NFL, especially at positions like corner and the defensive line. But the one area where you don't feel that confident or, or you're, you know, just like I, I would say that is lagging behind the three levels is at the linebacker position. Just because you're oh. banking a lot, a lot of unproven guys. Yeah, and on top of that, you're banking on a third-level guy playing a lot of second-level stuff exactly. in, in Jerron Kerr. So uh, I, I think having another one of these guys, which would now make you, I think, feel comfortable about three of the linebackers uh, as opposed to just you know kind of one and a half maybe, uh, if, if you could figure out a way to get both you know consistent play from Damon Clark and then obviously Jabril Cox you know, breaking out and playing at a level that was kind of what we expected from him coming out of college – uh, I think you're starting to feel very good about that second level, or at least a lot better than you were without a Jabril Cox breakout. Yep. And now you have depth at all three level, all three levels, and, and you can configure a, a number of different you know personnel groups that uh, could you could deploy against a number of different, different offenses. And I think that's really really important if you look at what's going on in modern offenses nowadays is being multiple on defense. So uh, and you need linebackers, you need second yep. level players in order to do that. And the Cowboys have a lot of second-level defenders. I mean, we talked about J. Ron Kurse. Donovan Wilson plays in the box a ton. But what they really don't have, and they haven't had for a while, is that 230-pound guy that can cover. That can not only cover tight ends and running backs out of the backfield, but can cover in the flat and do all that kind of stuff. That's what Jabril Cox really got drafted on was his coverage ability, right? Like that's why he was so good at North Dakota State and at LSU is because he was just so great in coverage. If he pans out, you're really adding something to this defense that it just hasn't had in a long time. Yeah, I mean, that's the difference, you know, people talk about it because they're so close. I mean, I just spent five minutes or whatever comparing the two. What's the difference between Clark and Cox as far as their games? I think they both have athleticism. They're both really, really fast. I think one of them uses their speed in the run game a lot better, and that's Clark. And I think Cox yes. is actually the guy that go that you could actually deploy to cover running backs, to actually use in coverage as a weapon, much much more than Clark was. So, uh, you know, hopefully they're both improving on both sides of the game. But as far as you know, like who could actually bring an element that's newer to to the linebacker room? Uh, I think Jabril Cox and his ability to cover, you know faster players, running backs, you know, maybe even wide receivers out of the slot. That's something that, that he, uh, that he does that the other guys don't really do. I'm excited. I, I, I wasn't going to get myself excited about Jabril Cox for the third straight year. Uh, but I I'm pumped because the, again, I'm going to keep saying this. They just haven't had a guy like this on defense in a long time that can really cover tight ends that can, you know, if you want to drop him back in that cover too, like he can do that. Tell me, tell me not to get my hopes up, Landon. Let me just, t- just tell me not to do it again. 
Well, I mean, again, let's 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 get let's wait for the drum beat because that's what's yeah. important here. It's it's yeah. got to be more than just one mini camp practice. And 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 look, I mean, we haven't seen him do this yet. Like you know, so so this is it's got to we have to have consistency. It's got to be consistent. So, that's the thing. Yeah, we need to the see fact, this day after. Fact, day, we haven't right? seen this yet, though. That's yeah. the thing that's surprising is that there hasn't even been an inkling of this yet, and now we're seeing the guy that kind of is the guy that we were promised now again we were we were not at practice on tuesday but it just seems like anybody who was was just blown away at how good jabril cox looks so that's that's the encouraging thing for me is listen i i love our media friends but sometimes you can kind of see what you want to see but when it's everybody is coming to the same conclusion like hey this guy looked awesome that's when i think you can really trust it yeah drum beat doesn't just mean you know, one guy saying it over and over again. Yes. It, it's got to be uh, the the vil- whole village drumming th- to make yes. it make it a true drum beat. And I think that's what we saw is everyone kind of was pointing out. Hey, and I, and listen, I mean, there's a reason too. Like it was two huge plays, and the entire defense also noticed. Yep. So they ran to yep. celebrate with with Cox. So look, I, I, those kind of moments are important in a young mm-hmm. uh, player's career because it kind of just reaffirms, hey, you belong here. Keep going. Keep going, keep going. Absolutely. You know. uh, we also got some news about some offensive line changes from Mike McCarthy on Tuesday. We'll dive into that next. This episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make you look so good. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they just fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts because regular shorts are stiff. And they have these like restricting cotton, but bird dogs have fi- fixed this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khakis, but stretches. So you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird dog uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. We absolutely love our bird dog shorts. They're just so fantastic. I wear them to the golf course all the time. Uh, and now you can as well. All you have to do is go to birddogs.com slash NFL and enter promo code LOCKEDONNFL for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That is birddogs.com slash NFL for a free Yeti-style tumbler. tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Thank you for making Lockdown Cowboys your first listen of the day. Every day, we're going to continue with some minicamp news the rest of the week. We're going to answer your questions on Friday, so make sure you guys tune in for that. Landon, I think common sense finally prevailed <laughs> in Dallas, finally, uh, with Tyron Smith moving back to left, left tackle in minicamp at least, Tyler Smith playing left guard, and then Matt Willetsko playing right tackle. According to Mike McCarthy, what are your thoughts? Well, I would say that we kind of buried the lead here, but honestly, like this is not terribly surprising. I, I, I think if it had continued the way it, it would have without ever seeing this lineup or having anyone talk about it, I think it would have been uh, a, a little bit more surprising. Look, I, look, I think even though McCarthy came out and said that uh, that the the schedule and, the, and things aren't really different other other than uh, for between OTA and minicamp. I think the fact that that the minicamp is required and is mandatory, it does change some things, right? Yes. It, because you, when you're working in OTAs, you have to kind of make arrangements for the starters that aren't there. You shuffle things around a little bit. 
they want these guys to kind of move around. They want to see these guys at different positions because for all the reasons that we talked about, they, they, they want the opportunity for them to play multiple positions. They, they want to, the, this new offensive line coach to get the opportunity to see what these guys look at uh, at different spots. So he can make an evaluation on, on where the start, you know, how the lineup should be. But here we are at the mandatory practice and we have all the starters save steel, who's still obviously recovering and lo and behold, no shocker, you've kicked Tyler Smith inside and you've put Tyron Smith back at his natural spot. I just, you know, there's just so many reasons that it makes sense. I mean, I think it doesn't take a, 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 a great offensive line evaluator to, to know that this is probably the best lineup and the best way at least to mm. get the five best players that you can on the field at the same time, who knows how long it lasts. Like, you <laughs> well, know, that's I mean, the thing. It's like, it might just thing, last right? for a little bit. Right. It, 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 yeah. It may only, I mean, honestly, we didn't get it at all last year. If I'm not mistaken, I don't know that there was ever a point. Uh, we got a we, couple I, snaps in the uh, training camp. That's about it. Yeah, I think so. And so, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, before that's even before, well, yeah, I guess once he got back to Dallas, but th- I mean, honestly, well, actually I, I, now that I got to think about it, because I remember at the time, Connor McGovern was still starting at left guard. So I don't even know if we got this yeah. lineup. Yeah. I mean, I think we saw it. In tra- I, we saw it in training camp several times, but by the time that they were actually shifting to it, going to put Tyler full time back at guard at the, as the starting guard, uh, Tyron hurt himself. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, again, just to get to the point, it obviously makes the most sense. We don't know how long it'll last, so obviously we're working hard on on trying to figure out con- the contingency plan, which assuming is probably Tyler Smith mm-hmm. kicking back outside to left tackle and then figuring out the left guard. But I-, I think at least now we know, hey, when everybody's healthy, this is what it's supposed to look yeah. like. Uh, we, we're obviously not going to probably get an opportunity to have it look like this for all you know, 17 games. But I, I've got so many different questions I want to ask you. The first one, and, uh, and actually I, I know I've asked you this before, uh, we know that Duke Manyweather talks about how difficult it is for a player to switch from one side or the other, like mid-game or even mid-season, right? Because there's so much technique and yeah. you're more susceptible to injury. Does that not apply here because of the speed of practice? Because I'm worried about Tyron going back and forth between right tackle and left tackle and just not feeling totally comfortable. Well, I mean, I think if you think about it, the fact is, is that the, he he ended the last season uh, at right tackle. So maybe what, what they were doing in OTAs was kind of getting him, you know, kind of back in play shape or, or at play speed with what he was just recently used to before switch, swapping him back. But but honestly, I, I think you answered it with your question. I, I, I think the play speed of these OTA practices has been such, especially, you know, now that Mike has been so gun shy about getting fined uh, that, that I, that they've pulled all the way back and, and that there's just not as much as concern about, you know, and look, we got to remember they're doing all kinds of advanced tracking. They're, they're aware, aware of the fact that they're moving Tyron around a little bit. I'm sure they have, pulled off the gas at different times and made him take breaks and, and they've yep. been watching his GPS very carefully. So uh, I I'm sure they're wary of it, but I, I tend to then, and, and, and maybe to your point, maybe now that we're getting to the speed, now that we're getting to, and that it doesn't sound like many camps much faster, but at least they're doing some competitive seven on seven stuff. Maybe now that they're kind of getting closer and closer to game speed or at least practice speed, they're starting to put Tyron back in his more natural spot and yep. then they will focus him there. So uh, Tyron's the guy that obviously they have to worry about here yeah. because of, of, of history. 
we, we should also mention Zach Martin did not p- practice uh, during mini camps. He hasn't practiced at all this off season. We found out via Todd Archer that he has a soft tissue injury. Uh, the Cowboys aren't concerned about it. They said he'll be fully ready to go by training camp. Uh, but again, Tyler Smith at left guard. We had a little bit of Matt Farniak working at center, which was interesting. You feel free to comment on that if you'd like. Uh, Please. But, I, I, go I, ahead. Farniak. I love, I love Farniak. So I, I'm, I you know, look Tyler Biotish is a Pro Bowl center last year. I don't know how much that means, but uh, I would love to find a way nothing. to get another. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it is either. <laughs> uh, I I would love to find a way to get a bigger center in the middle at some point. I mean, maybe that's not this year. Maybe that's next year. Maybe we'll see what Biotish resigns or not. But uh, I I think Farniak is a guy that I would have loved to develop in the center just because of his athleticism. Yep. Uh, we also had Matt Willetsko playing right tackle and left guard, which still doesn't make sense to me. But I do find it interesting that it was Willetsko that was with the starters today rather than Josh Ball, who this Cowboys seem like they're dead set at never playing tackle again. Yeah. Uh, Chuma Doga played left tackle and left guard, which I found fascinating. Again, I'm gonna, we, I think I've asked you three or four times this offseason, but is there a chance that Matt Willetsko is your swing tackle this season? Maybe. I mean, you know, I think, or at least that's the guy that will be functioning. And and look, I think this is a, this, this is why you have so many questions. I, I think we have several questions here. Are they going to use a swing tackle? This or is it just going to be Tyler Smith? Hey, Tyron's out, Tyler, you're going back there. And then they have and, a right tackle, right? Yeah. But I, I do mean, wonder like in game, like let's say Terrence Steele goes down for, you know, a quarter. He just needs his yeah. ankle retaped or whatever. Is it well? Let's go coming off the bench and playing right tackle for you. I I, I think if we're playing games right now, but we're not. So you know, I think yeah. you know everyone you know knows what Jason Peters' speed dial number is, <laughs> uh, and and every everyone knows like you know there's there's gonna be what kind of probably, playing shape is he in? That'll, that'll be the question, right? Uh, I, I think that's why you get him in you know a, a, a week before training camp's yeah. over, and you kind of get him yeah. in the game shape a little bit and, and see what uh, you can do. Last, I think you see what vets are available, yeah, I, not I just think, him, and, and see what you can do if you need to. Last question: We heard some more from Mike McCarthy on Terrence Steele. They said we'll see if he's ready for training camp. It seems like the Cowboys aren't going to push him at all. But I've got to believe if they're playing Tyron Smith at left tackle in minicamp, that they're pretty optimistic that Steele is going to be ready for week one or pretty close to it, right? Because otherwise, you just leave Tyler Smith at left tackle and you put Tyron Smith at right tackle, and then you worry about that once Steele's healthy. Yeah, I mean, all 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 things that we've heard so far is that Steele is is well on schedule and, and maybe even ahead of schedule. So if they're talking about the debate being, Oh, let's get to Oxnard and we'll see. I mean, that, that reads to me like he should be ready to go for week one. Now the question is how much training camp will he get? You know, will, will he get a full load or will he miss the first few weeks? Are they going to have to put him on a, on a, a special status, you know, list when they first start, like a, what is it? Training camp pup or something like that. So PUP, PUP, we'll see. So uh, those are all the questions we'll get when we get to training camp. But I think as far as, the, as far as week one goes, I, I would say if if we're having this debate on whether or not he, he can start the first week of training camp, that week one should be well on track. Uh, I, I would agree. Uh, let's talk about some of the other big stars from day one of Cowboys minicamp next. 
All right, Lane, I've got some other news and notes from Cowboys uh, camp. Let's start with Jake Ferguson, uh, who caught a touchdown in the red zone period. Sounds like he had a much better day. We were actually just talking about him uh, late last week and some of our concerns about, you know, not necessarily being in sync with Dak and running some of the wrong routes. Uh, I just thought that was interesting that Ferguson seemed like he was the tight end one today and had a good day. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's just going to be like that. He's a young player. He's talented. He's, it's just going to be up and down days. I mean, yeah. it's 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 a nuanced position. So there's going to be times when that nuance is going to be lost, and he's going to have to take his lumps and learn. And and that, I think that's what we saw a little bit of last week. And then there's going to be times when you know it's just about playing football and athleticism. And Ferguson has that, and yeah. he has that ability to play the position. So uh, I think that you know it's 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 good to see that he's getting the ups as well as the downs. Uh, but I don't have any concerns about yeah. Ferguson. I, I think he's going to have a really good season. And I think what you're getting in, in Schooner, Schooner maker and in, in Hendershot is two other guys that are kind of a, a, a trio of, of insurance policies at tight sure. end. Right. So I bet right. Ferguson is rightfully going to get the first crack at it. And, and, and I think that he's earned that. And I think he's going to show us that. Uh, next note, Stefan Gilmore had a interception in team drills in the red zone. He baited Dak Prescott into a route. We've been talking this whole time about Stefan Gilmore's uh, role in this defense and how much he's going to help some of the other players. It's going to help Dak, I think. Uh, when you're yeah. going in practice, going up against Trev- Trevon Diggs and Stefan Gilmore, you know that you can't be very risky with the ball or they're going to take advantage. And I just think it's so cool that Stefan Gilmore, even at this stage of his career, is so savvy and is able to make big plays like that. I, I cannot wait to see him play this season. Uh, I'm I'm having a vision right now and of two months from now when we're in August and we're in Oxnard and the very first few weeks of of practice, the defense absolutely dominating because they will. That's what always happens in, yep. in Oxnard and 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 this, but this being particularly bad because of how good this defense is. Uh, so yeah, I, look, I, I'm excited. Obviously to add somebody who is at the caliber of Trayvon Diggs and maybe higher yep. uh, to the, uh, to the cornerback room is incredible. And yeah, I think you, you nailed it. It's going to make Dak really work extra hard to get completions in training camp. And and what that does is that it makes it easy when it comes time for playing against the other opponents, because you're playing against such a hard defense in practice. Every day. Yep. Uh, a couple other notes, just really quickly. It seems like yeah. Eric Scott again, had another really good practice. Uh, Deuce Vaughn worked with the first team a little bit in some of the two-minute drill stuff. Uh, we saw Stephen Jones commented on the South Carolina kid at receiver, Jalen Brooks. Yeah. Seems like he had a nice day. Um, Jalen Tolbert, also, Jaylen according Tolbert, to Michael yeah. Gelkin. Seems like he's playing a lot faster. But the one note that I want us to finish on, because I thought it was so interesting, yeah, was Stephen Jones was talking yep. about – the running back role, who is going to fill this kind of bigger style running back that can do the short yardage and the goal line stuff. And the first name out of his mouth wasn't Malik Davis, mm. wasn't Ronald Jones, wasn't Rico Dowdle, nope. but it was our guy, Hunter Lipke, the fullback slash running back from North Dakota State's uh, North Dakota State. Landon, the floor is yours. What are your thoughts? <laughs> is this thing on? Hold on. <laughs> Fullbacks are back, baby. Fullbacks are back. Uh, I'm excited. Yeah, Lipke is is obviously uh, in their plans. I I I mean, I think that the the evidence pointed to that, anyways. I mean, they gave him a whole bunch of guaranteed money. He clearly plays a position that 
I don't see any other competition right now. I don't know who anybody else is no. going to be doing it. And on top of that, I think, you know, like you said, they haven't really gone out of their way to, uh, uh, you know, go get another big back or anyone is goal line back or anything like that, just to kind of alleviate Tony Pollard. And you have to think that that is a role that they're going to have because they're not yes. necessarily going to want to load up Tony Pollard on all those touches simply because they're going to need him at the end of the season. Maybe yes. they're done with him at, by the end of the season, but yes. but they're going to want him through the end of the season. So uh, the fact is, is that, yeah, it, it's not surprising, but it's incredible to hear. Uh, and, and obviously it's, it's exactly what we talked about, right? I mean, it's, it's that they would use Lepke as not just a fullback, but as a, as a running back. And I think he is going to get deployed in some interesting H back stuff, some interesting lead back stuff. But I also think he will be used as a running back uh, and, and get carries that way. It's not like Mike McCarthy isn't familiar with this type of player. I actually looked at the stats today. John Kuhn scored like 20 something touchdowns for green Bay during his time. Like he is perfectly fine using a fullback or a bigger running back inside the five yard line. I know John Kuhn caught a bunch of touchdowns as well. Uh, it's, it's not hard to, to envision Hunter Lipke, maybe not this season, but like down the road, having a pretty sizable role role in this offense. It, it's just such an easy position to get, open to scheme open because of the type of player that they usually get deployed to cover you. Uh, it, it, the versatility allows you to, yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, very cheap. I mean, that's, that's why, you know, you, you want, everyone was wondering like why they, they would give so much guaranteed money. I mean, it was, I think he would have the second or third highest amount of guaranteed money of undrafted free agents. It's because you're paying for a guy who basically maybe the only one of these guaranteed players on on the drafted list or undrafted list to probably get some snaps as on the offense, you know, yes. I mean, like yeah. because he's he plays such a unique position and that you know versatility allows him to be deployed onto the field in such a way that uh, he's going to get opportunity unless there's another fullback on the roster, he's going to get opportunities on game days simply because yeah. he plays such a unique role and fills so many hats. He's game day rosterable almost yeah. immediately. Yeah, so the Cowboys will finish up minicamp this week, and then they are off for the rest of the summer, I believe. I don't know that the training camp days have been announced yet, but it's usually late July. Um, but we'll be back the rest of the week to talk about all the news and nuggets that ca- come out of Dallas Cowboys minicamp. So make sure you guys are tuning in for that. Uh, we are free and available on all platforms. Please go check out our show on YouTube. You can follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. We'll see you guys next time.